This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, February 21st, and this is Season 6, Episode 25 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have John. Lovely to be with you, as always. Mike. Hello. And Cy. Hello, everybody. Well, we are recording live here at the Atlantic Bar, and I'm excited about this. I'd love to be back in person, and I'm hoping we're going to be much more conversational for you. So uh, let, let's hit it, and uh, I think we got to just dive right into this uh, uh, Manchester City match. I mean... Uh, I think most of us were coming into this match. We were not feeling very confident about it. I mean, I, I think everybody's prediction was a draw at best or a, a loss in, in our group. We weren't – we didn't have high hopes for this. I mean, we were uh, three league losses on the bounce here, and uh, this was, we were expecting this to be the fourth, but that isn't quite how it played out. So uh, let, let's roll right into that, and jo- let's let John take it yeah, first. Yeah, I mean, if somebody told me we were going to get three points out of the last three games and uh, asked me how I thought we were going to get three points, then that certainly would not have been my answer. No, I mean... Uh, we tend, to, we tend to forget sometimes Manchester City, we're their bogey team, but I didn't think that was going to matter this time. I just thought they had too much class. I saw them play in the Champions League a few days before. They looked sensational. Uh, I was not expecting this in the slightest, but I thought we had a wonderful game plan, terrific, and we, we played the game plan just as we should have done, and uh, what a great result, fabulous result. Well, Eric Dyer was back in the lineup for this one, which I think was a big key to this result as well. Um, and, and we also saw uh, Kulu or Kulichevsky, or I guess he wants to be called Dijon, or what does he want to be? is the nickname. Mm-hmm. But um, but he, he he was starting for his first start, so it, w- it was a slightly different lineup. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he, I mean he hit the nail on the head with the lineup. I think. Uh, Winks has looked has kind of struggled the last two games, um, and I think starting Hoiberg back again with Ben Sancor was a really good midfield pairing. I think they worked really well together, and Hoiberg showed what we missed out on, you know. And he was just he marked the space so well, you know. And I think um, a lot of their attacks had to come down from the wings because Hoiberg and Ben Sancor were doing so much in the middle there to help us out with Dyer, like you mentioned. Um, so, yeah, and this is the reason why we love Tottenham. You know, we're losing at home to Southampton, losing at home to Wolves, and somehow pull away with a 3-2 victory against City at the Etihad, which is insane, honestly. Um, really just brings me, makes me believe about the bogey team, um, you know, saying that, oh, this is their bogey team. We actually haven't beaten the Wolves um, at home in, like, I don't know, 10, 15 visits, like some crazy stat. Most people don't even know about that, but Wolves have our number. Whenever they play us at home, they always beat us. Uh, and so to beat City, um, it just really kind of reinforces that idea. Yeah, I mean, at, at the at the ad to, to take away a result, I mean, that's just huge. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said to start, Anthony, our whole group had us all losing. 
or tying or some crazy win six one that maybe Rick would have said mm-hmm. just to have a fun little jab at it. But I think the nail on the head is the the, the lineup was right. Bendikur came in, um, Decky got his first start, um, Dyer and um, Romero went back is one of the first second actually probably the third time they played together. Um, and that just gave – that oozed confidence to the team. And I think it oozed confidence to the bar too. Yeah, we all came in thinking we were going to lose the game, but but we all thought, ah, there's a chance. We, we've, got, we've had their number a couple times. Took them last season. I think we won this, this – we both games we beat them this season. We, we played them twice yeah, this year, the right? Yeah, we, on, we did the, we did we did the, the double, double on them, right. The city this year. Right, yeah. so, I mean, that's, that, that's saying a lot after coming off two – well, three losses in a row, not just the, the last two. But um, I think the confidence – is high with with the players even though we came off two losses i think i I really do think they they think we're a good team they believe we're a good team i think conte has them believing that um just to make a point on on mike real quick um the midfield for me is still bentaker was an obvious start he just seems so comfortable back there Mm -hmm. yeah he's getting his legs under him in the english league but he looks like somebody who can control the game calm collected make the right pass and get the ball moving Hoybear for me personally works his tail off. I think he is an extremely great teammate. I don't know if he has the skills to push us in that direction to get the ball really moving to be the defensive midfielder. Where I feel like if we had Skip in that role mm-hmm. and Benteker mm-hmm. versus Hoybear, I think we're faster. I think we're more precise, and I think that. Um, I think that's something I'm really looking forward to. But not to get too far into that, I think it was a really good, excuse me, showing and a really great match for us. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And for once in a in a long time, we have a player coming back off injury, and we're not sure what we're going to do with him. I mean, Skip is due back any time, I think. And with the team that we put out, where do we put him? I mean, our results with him and Dyer in the team are fantastic. So I think he's he's not going to lose his place because of injury. But where do we put him, and who who's going to drop out? And I think that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a little setback, or it's going to be a little bit longer than initially thought for him to come back. So it gives us a little bit of time to work with that. But I do think Hoybier might be at risk in in this system to to start most of the matches. But I think we have enough uh, need for rotation, especially with some of these replays coming up and everything like that, mm-hmm. to have both skip and Hoybier available and if they're both they both play tough like and I, I I just think Hoybier was a great uh, player for uh, a Mourinho system and uh, it's taking him a little bit more adjustment with Conte um, so I think he might be the odd man out but you, you you just don't know like if he gets on a run of form and then Skip comes back and and we're easing Skip in he might have to, a little bit of trouble getting back into the first team, and I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think that Skip's probably going to find his way right back into the team. Conte, every match that Skip played, Conte made some sort of comment that how, how well he's doing, how great he's, you know, how, how he's really set into this team, how, how a focal point of the team he is. Um, I also think it's a really telling that Conte's putting these two Juventus players straight into the lineup. Yeah, they both, this is their first start together but they both have seen minutes every match basically since they've been here um Conte the media kind of tore this apart but Conte was saying you know four players out two players in we're not really making the effort to kind of to really go after and and get Champions League he kind of I think that it got twisted his words got twisted Mm -hmm. um but that being said 
I think we're going to see a lot of Benteker. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Dijon or however he wants to say it, Decky, mm-hmm. um, from here on out. And I also think it's very telling that at the end of the match, although Sun's coming off injury, that we needed goal, we needed to go for the win, and Sun came off for Mora, not, not Decky for Mora, which seemed like the obvious choice on the right side. Sun came off at the end there. That was That's telling a lot about Decky, and, and he's going to get 90 minutes. That's, he likes him. Well, well he, he was running so much during yeah. this match. I mean, he was doing so much, not just the, the first goal, which we're gonna, about to talk about, mm-hmm. but he, he was doing so much running. He was doing so much to cover the defense. When, uh, like, and we had to do a hell of a lot of defense in this yeah. one with the possession levels. It, it, I can see why he stayed on because he, he was the – but I, I think I jumped on you, Mike. No, yeah. I, Sun, I think Sun actually came off before they scored a second goal. So I think it was more just trying to hold it because actually he was bringing on Sanchez. And as soon as they got that penalty, Sanchez actually came on, which I was like, oh, no. This is, I feel bad for Conte because he just timed it wrong, you know. We just got unlucky with that. But we still ended up somehow coming through. And um, I think player performance-wise, everyone played so amazing, you know. And I think, I think we've nailed on who our front three should be. And, and this is no offense to Lucas Mora or to Steven Bergvine. I think... Those three have to start. If they're available and healthy, those three have to start every game from now on. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but um, Kane, Son, and Kulisevsky all contributed massively to this game. Um, Son had two assists. Um, Decky had that first goal um, thanks to the Son assist. And like I think that really boosted his confidence because he uh, provided um, two great crosses. One of them that was called back um, for an offside against him. Um, but but Kane ended up scoring that, and then the second one in the 94th minute when he uh, crossed it in, which was a, another beautiful cross, um, and scored by Kane with the header uh, right in front of Walker. So I think that's our front three. I think they have to start. I think they are, those are definitely our most potent front three for sure. Well, and Moore can take the role of a tactical sub in this system, and because of the dead wood that we cut at the uh, at the transfer deadline. Um, we don't have to worry about like an Indombele that can only play tw- like forty minutes or can only play sixty minutes at most, or Lasalso that can't start. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we don't have to worry about that anymore. So we like if we use Decky, Moore is going to find his minutes, and we can use him in a tactical spot, which I think is very beneficial to Conte. It's as valuable as the two players that came in. Yeah, and I agree with Mike. The, the two crosses that he made were absolutely pinpoint. And yeah, one he was, yeah, he's a big toe offside, I think. And uh, that drives me crazy. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, he did, uh, he put in two fantastic crosses. And we have been missing that. Um, a number of players have tried to come in and put crosses in. And I don't know what the problem is, but he certainly got it down. And uh, we're expecting great, because if he can put good crosses in, Kane is going to do damage. And that's been the issue. Um, I'm also a little surprised that they're talking about the fact that the team is better physically now than they were. I just can't understand in this day and age why any manager wouldn't have their team as fit as they possibly can be. And obviously, we had a slip-up with that with the last guy, and uh, that disappoints me because right now, every competition in the Premier League, you've got to be as fit as you absolutely positively can be. And uh, to not be in that shape is, is, a, is a real shame for me, I think. But we got over that. And some of that might go back to Jose, who is notoriously doesn't worry about as much about fitness as Pochettino did before him. 
But Conte has certainly brought that back, which I think is a huge part. And and I think we were talking before the match, John, that like uh, you know, Conte had a full week to train with this uh, with these two new two new players and, and incorporate them into the system. Which City didn't have that uh, that full week because uh, they they had to worry about the Champions League uh, in in the middle of weeks. So that gave us the benefit of really, really. St- having that time that we need to embed these guys into the system, which, and they look like they're, they're ready for the premier league. Like you, you don't always know guys coming from Italy. They could, they could fit, they could not fit, but these, these guys look like that they can do the, the, the job. I, I do think that, you know, the jury's still out. Uh, they, it, we might have to see how the league adapts to them, but, um, but uh, this is a good start for sure. Yeah. And it's rare that, that, that happens where we sign a player in the winter and they make such an impact for us. I mean, um, Steven Bergman was the last person, I think, that we signed in the winner um, and then ended up scoring a winner against City at home. I remember that. Um, that volley was amazing. And I know, I know. And uh, it's rare that that happens, but to have them both settle in and play big parts is, you know, it's amazing. And just really just looking at, play, like, how well they're embedding into the, to the formation and how they're listening to what the manager wants and how quickly the manager trusts them to just d- deliver and perform the way he wants them to perform. It's, it's, it's honestly beautiful to see. Um, and I think our lineup was, again, like I said, spot on. Everyone had a really good performance. There's really no one you can fault. Um, I think Loris had a, had, had a drop um, that fell to Gunawan and ended up scoring. But after that, Gunawan had put in an amazing whipping, curling shot, and Loris looked like a freaking cat coming and save that. It was ridiculous. And so... Um, he made up for that, and Kane, I have to say, I think might have put up the best individual performance I've ever seen a player do, ever, honestly, in any game. ever. I've been watching soccer for uh, 12 years now, and I think I've never seen someone have that much of an impact on a single game. Maybe since Bale at the San Siro, like, maybe that's what it kind of reminded me of, but, like, even then, Kane was just so so immaculate in everything that he did his passes out to son his passes out to emerson his pa- just everything was so perfect by Kane. i think just honestly insane and he had a hat trick one of them got called back for the offside and honestly this is the greatest i've ever seen Kane play um ever honestly yeah he was also very unlucky on the one that got saved by the goalkeeper um yeah, that's right. that was uh, again a great move he got himself open good shot i think nine times out of ten that would have gone in but uh we didn't need it fortunately and uh but uh, but yeah he did he had a fantastic game and uh, i do hear that there are some people still complaining about Larice. um i got two things to say to that shut up I mean, Lloris is a fantastic keeper. Did he make a couple of mistakes? Yeah, he did. Everybody's going to make a couple of mistakes. And I'm not so sure that he was to blame against City because in looking at the replays, it appeared to me that he was unsighted when the ball came through. And so he saw it very, very late. But uh, no, for goodness sake, shut up about mm-hmm. getting rid of Lloris. He's a fabulous goalkeeper. He's going to be our goalkeeper for the next few years and, and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. Well, let's go uh, maybe go through the the goals. Uh, so, first goal. This was, uh, if I remember right, uh, the, was the sun. Uh, the sun pass to no. It was uh, Harry got the Harry got the ball at, at what a, what a touch by Harry. At uh, mm-hmm. he quickly got the ball on his feet. Sun was spiking down the the left side and 
hit him in stride. Mm. Sun made the right decision where he figured he was going to have a really tough shot at it, pulled back. Um, and then um, so Decky was right there for mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and actually five hole. I mean, I think he uh, nutmegged him right mm -hmm. for the goal. Yeah, he did. So a little bit, a slight little bit of luck there, but yeah. a nice finish by uh, Decky as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's nice to see him get his first Premier but League goal. Go, but to go to you, I'm sorry, uh, Anthony. But to go mm -hmm. to you, the, the Kane that that pass by Kane, he gets the ball on his feet and w almost without Outrageous. even looking, almost without even looking, mm -hmm. he turns and just puts the ball on a Outrageous. dime right to Son, who's just in stride. That it's the Harry Kane. That's the Harry Kane I love. Scoring goals mm -hmm. is one thing. Yes, mm -hmm. he scores goals. He's mm -hmm. a great goal scorer. Mm -hmm. But he's one of the best midfielders in the league. Outrageous. If he was, yeah. if he was a, if if he was just our midfielder and we had some crazy striker and he was making De Bruyne, he could make De Bruyne look bad. Like he's Kane is the best midfielder in the league, if not the best striker as well. Mm -hmm. And we have him, and I'm so glad we still have him, personally. I'm so tired, like you were saying about Larice John. I'm so tired of this Kane mumbo-jumbo. Oh, he had a little bit of a rough offseason. His brother screwed it up. He screwed it up. Everybody makes mistakes. He's our player. We love him. Let's go, Harry Kane. That's what I say. Well, yeah. in, in Art City, uh, um, don't, don't – doesn't City regret buying Jack Realish right now? Well, let's um, talk about that. We we didn't buy Jack Realish for thirty yeah, million. I know we're all pissed off as fans that we didn't do that back right, in the day. Right. And then City messes up and spends a hundred million for Grealish and then can't afford Kane for one fifty. They keep saying one twenty five or whatever. And like yeah. you spent the money on Grealish, who's a fantastic player. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but that's a big mistake by City. It yeah, I hear they uh, they only offered seventy five million, and yeah. because that's all they had. And, and, yeah, he was not going to go for 75 million. And, by the way, the, the one word for his passing is sublime. Mm -hmm. I have rarely seen someone scatter the ball so precisely. And, as you said, on that one goal, it was Tucson in stride. Son is a very quick player. To put it in that position so that he just keeps running straight past the defense, opens himself up, and then Decker is there. In the right place. I mean, there's a lot to be said. A lot of players are, get on the field and they're in the right place, but nobody ever sees that because they don't get the ball. Mm -hmm. But he was, must have been just as fast as Son to be there in the right place, holding back a little bit because the defenders have moved towards the goal. In a perfect position, goal. Just yeah. magnificent. And, yeah, and then we give one back. Uh, and, and I think we talked about that a little bit. Like, it, And yes, uh, Hugo probably could have jumped on the ball i mean i think it, the the situation like it's easy for us to say on the sidelines that like oh he should have just jumped on the and smothered that ball and stayed and ended the play um i think that's but, what he was trying to do if, yeah again if you look at the replays he was trying to smother it into his stomach and um it he got unsighted right at the last second and i think you're right john i think he was unsighted I, and initially i think all of us at the pub thought there's there's the third straight goal that Lloris has let up in a row. Now, mm -hmm. now I'm with you, John. Let's get off this Lloris train. He's mm -hmm. a fantastic goalkeeper. I'm so glad we signed up for another two years. I'm not. I'm gonna get on Lloris about this, even though even if he is the the the, the LPP, if somebody was gonna say that, I could understand that. But to your point, that goal, it's just a fluke thing. Mm -hmm. Nice shot in, tough tough to block. Ball, fall, the ball falls to Gundogan's feet, mm -hmm. and he's a phenomenal player, and he put it away. I mean, there's nothing yeah. you can do. One one. Yeah, and then we then we go to the 59th minute, so we we made it through the ha the half equal, um, which I think most of us were co uh, comfortable being. Yeah, there. feeling like pretty good about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, we we get the 
the the the Harry Kane goal. So let's talk about this one. Yeah, uh, prior to prior to the goal, I was complaining, not complaining, but just just really in awe, honestly, at just how good Manchester City are. They just feel so amazing, like, and it's because none of their players play their position. Like, Gundogan is in the box scoring goals. He's in the box. He's outside the box shooting from long. You have Cancelo on the left side. Then you have him in the right side. Then you have him making dribbles inside and shooting curling efforts. Then you have Walker on the right, Foden on the right, Bernardo Silva on the right. Then you have Bernardo Silva doubling up on Emerson on the left. And he's just honestly the most fluid system I've ever seen any team ever play like was Manchester City. And they really nailed it down. And it's I don't understand how a defense doesn't give up five goals against them every game. There's no way to man mark anyone there. There's, it's literally impossible. Then you have the Bryna you can you cannot tackle. So I'm just literally like I'm drinking and I'm and I'm I'm and I'm, I'm here at the bar and I'm complaining about just how good Manchester City are. And we get a break, okay? And uh, the break was honestly just so clinical. Everything, every pass was well thought of and um, good releases. And um, so, uh, actually, Kane gets it from Emerson and Kane. Um, just shoots a long ball out to Sun. It gets headed down by Walker, and Sessegnon picks it up, gives it right back to Sun, and Kane is making that same run. So after he cr- he shoot he passes the long ball, he's making the run all the way to the box. Sun cuts back inside and delivers just a dime of a pass, and Kane finishes it half volley, like skipped off the ground. the The difficulty of that finish is so underrated. Like I don't think people are talking about how difficult that finish was, but he made it look easy, and it was top right corner, and it was just honestly gorgeous, honestly beautiful to see, and I think it gave the whole team a lot of confidence. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, When you saw it first, you thought, oh, he just put the ball in the net, but when you start watching it in slow motion, the fact that he had to be on that, on the, with his left foot on the ground, his right foot is 18 inches off the ground, perfectly, he's in motion, it does not get any better than that. Once again, sublime finish. And well, and this is why I have you guys on because your visual memory for like every detail of the, the goal. I've, I've watched I, a I'm lot of highlights. Like, Let's just put it that way. I've watched <laughs> the highlights twenty thousand times. It was an incredible flick yeah. by Harry yeah. Kane. Well, um, so then we're playing for a while, and um, it looks like uh, we're going to pull this out. Um, and then we get to the the point uh, the, the the handball in the box. Uh, so um, I think it's difficult to argue that this wasn't a handball, uh, but obvi- obviously he was trying to protect his face. But um, having your arm up in that that motion and slapping the ball down, it's it's obvious why that happened. And I did rewatch the game yesterday, uh, the match yesterday. It, it, cer- it certainly is, and what I didn't catch when I, we were watching at the pub was, you know, City was trying to press for the, that to be a, a, a card as well because that would have been a second yellow card and a, a send-off, but um, I'm glad that it was only just the penalty. Um, but Yeah, I think there was a time when that would not have been called, but today with slow motion and VAR, um, it's a lot more obvious, again, looking at the replay, that he did move his hand towards the ball than it was in real time. I mean, I thought he'd headed it out. But then, um, you know, yeah, he did put his hand up and it was a penalty and there we go. And then it's 2-2. That's my prediction. I'm feeling pretty good about actually winning something. 
Um, but I thought to myself, you know, this I'm happy winning the the, the two two thing, but I would like it if we won. Yeah, yeah, and and I think most of us were like, okay, let's just hold out and let's get let's get the draw here, and and we took a point off a of city at their home. But that wasn't how it panned out. So we, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> another at the wire goal. Like, and this is becoming a thing for us. This is uh, we, we we score very late in a match and uh, score winners. That seems odd. I, don't, I mean, I've only been a Spurs fan for 12, 11, 12 years myself. I don't remember a lot of matches where we we're scoring late to win games on the road in Leicester or at the Etihad. I mean. No, I've, the, the, I've been watching them a lot longer than you, and I don't remember it either. Right. It was always uh, the Arsenal that did that. Right. They were always the bloody ones coming up with the last-minute goal driving you crazy. But I think it's a mentality thing, right? I mean, I just think the, the, the players really think that they can do it. And I'm, 2-2, we all thought, all of us at the pub, and not, not the Spurs themselves on the pitch, but we all thought they were going to sit back, let's take the point. Great point. Let's move on. But it's amazing that they're actually going and fighting for the win, trying to get the three points. Um, and uh, for them to, to be doing that, I'm, I'm just I'm blown away. I, I'm really excited. And this isn't Watford where we're like, oh shit, we better try and pull this right, out. Right. Like uh, the, the, this was like this is city that we're going up against. It would very, been very easy to sit back and say, let's just hold on, mm-hmm. let's get let's mm-hmm. get our point and, and and move on from this. But. No, that brings up a great point. I agree. I mean, no one would have faulted anyone for sitting back. Like, at that point of the game, we just got scored on. It's the 93rd minute or whatever. No one would have faulted any of the team for sitting back, trying to hold on to this result. But the two Juventus boys linked up. I mean, Bentecourt had a great through ball to um, Kulisevsky and then cutting it back for that header. I mean, the, the cross for Kane, I, I didn't think Kane was going to get there. I didn't see He just looked like a cross into a good area, you know, um, and then Kane of go in front of Walker. That was just, just scenes. And a lot of people didn't celebrate. I don't know if you realize this. A lot of people did not celebrate because we thought it was offside. We're like, we're going to get called back here. Yeah. VAR is going to call us back. Like, we're going to get screwed over here. And the, the joy when we saw that it wasn't offside was amazing. Yeah, over-celebration can be a bit much. I mean, when we scored the third goal, I got completely covered in beer at the bar. Mm -hmm. Um, People were going crazy, and then it gets called back. So I got wet for nothing, which was a pain. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like, the the, the one that that, got I think it was courtesy of Nathan. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, to... The one that got called back, like I mean, we celebrated the hardest out of any, any of the goals, and, and then it was disallowed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, but this one, like, yeah, I th- I think we were too nervous to to, to celebrate too much because we we're like, this is gonna get called. It, it wasn't until it actually was a sure thing, and and they set up and we kicked back off. That I was like, okay, <laughs> and then we had to to endure. Um, like Fergie time on steroids, I guess. Even though this is Manchester City, but like it was, it was just. It felt like the the clock was never going to, the whistle was never going to blow. Yeah, I kept telling the TV, "Does, does this ref know how old my heart is?" Yeah, I mean, it's it was <laughs> tough. It was tough, and holding your breath at the same time. I'm sure everybody was doing that, but uh, in the end, what a terrific, terrific result and Honestly. a great game. Yeah. The elation at the pub here was just, uh, it was a, an amazing day out. I mean, the, ce- the sub- celebration during, the celebration after, I mean, it was just, I think, 
we, we were all just so speechless. <laughs> there was just nothing that could be said. Well, like, yeah, but so not, not only to take the three points, but to almost to save the season. Like, you know, you drop six points at home. We feel like, oh, we may have a shot to maybe push on and get fourth. You know, there was more than just the game, the win against Man City at Man City, which was a big feat in itself. It was, holy shit, we just took three points, and we got a chance to push on. So I think it was just all of that – at the pub, it culminated into hugs and kisses, and mm-hmm. and we're still alive. Mm-hmm. That was the feeling. Yeah, you you were a bit much with those kisses. I've got to tell you, I've got to stop that. <laughs> and Conte celebrated. I would say probably the best. I mean, if you see that camera, which you bringing up the Fergie time really, really highlights that clip. I don't know if you guys saw that video clip of Craig Pawson uh, looking very disappointed, maybe angry about Spurs scoring that third goal, or Conte celebrating. So Pep drops his head um, in this clip, and Craig Poston's like, like, almost like a for fuck's sake like face, you know what I mean? Like, how do they, how do they score again, you know? And, uh, and then they have that extra time, and it was like three, some crazy amount of time that it felt like it was like, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. Why has this whistle been blown, you know? Yeah, um, I know. You look at the clock, and there's yeah, and, and you wait another two minutes, and you look at the clock again, and twelve seconds has moved on. It's a <laughs> terrible thing. And you know, and City deserve they deserve nothing. I'm just gonna say that because uh, there was a, a moment, you know, when they got the award of the penalty, they were complaining to the ref. And I was watching the game, I did not realize what was going on. And it wasn't until I watched the highlights that I realized they were asking for another yellow for Romero. Off the handball. That's what Anthony was saying. Yeah. Just, which is... You know. I find that disgusting. Yeah. When, when, and, if, and I... And, you know, and, some, and it's players that are now gone, I've got to tell you, that would, that would do that. But if you're in front of the referee expecting and, and demanding a, a red card or a yellow card, that's just disgusting behavior. Yeah. Yeah, take the penalty and keep it pushing. Like, what do you mean, like, you want another yellow? For what? Yeah, I mean, we haven't really mentioned the fact that uh, City had, I think, over 70% of the possession in the game. Um, and so the really that... 71. 71%. So that means we had 29 yeah. and scored three goals during that time. It's pretty amazing. Uh, they had just, 21 shots, but only four were on target. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, w- it wasn't as much of a battering as you would have expected. Um, but, yeah, but the, like but seven the, of those were, were just missing the post that don't call them shots on yeah, goal as well. I, I mean, there yeah. was there, we held our breath for sure. Yeah, seven yeah, or eight I, different times. I only realized the other day that if you shoot and hit the bar, that's considered not a shot on goal, which that's is right. you know, how crazy. close can you be? That's crazy. Yeah, well, um, I think this might be a good time to go to MVP LVP. So let's start with MVP for first. Um, and uh, let's start with Cy. Sure. I mean, I, I'm not going to say Harry because he's, he is the MVP. But I, I, I'm, I think that uh, Decky is, is the shout-out for me. I think he played his butt off, um, was all over the pitch. To score his first goal um, in the fashion he did, to be a long son in the right place, right time, to finish the goal, it's just I really thought he had a great game. So I, I'm, I'm going to hand it over to Decky. Yeah. Uh, Mike? I'm going to go Kane. Uh, I mean, like I said, he had the greatest – um, individual performance I've ever seen a player ever have. Um, but an honorable mention definitely to Decky, who's memorable first start for him, I'll tell you that. He's going to be, I mean, I don't want to hype him up. I'm just saying, I'm just happy that he, he performed the way he did. 
He could be a fan favorite. Yes, for sure. for sure. Yeah, those of you who have heard me before know that I normally will pick someone who I think has stepped up the most during the game. But I'm still going to give it to Kane because I think he stepped up a level. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you, mate. Wideki uh, had a great game and he certainly was the surprise and it was wonderful to see. But I can't see giving it to anybody else but Kane on the day. Yeah, I, I've got to go Kane, and uh, we did have a question from Shubes uh, about Decky, and yes, he had an amazing, amazing match, Shubes, and um, if, if if Kane had had this performance, then then I think it would he would easily have been the MVP in the, this match, but um, but but Kane w- was played like a god out there, so um, he really did. He did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, LVP might be a little bit tougher. Um, uh, does anybody have an LVP for for this one? Um, I'll will start. It's like I've, I've said this. It's hard to give LVPs to wins, especially wins of this caliber. Um, Larice is the only person I could see as the LVP, even though he had a phenomenal save on his left side that he reached and somehow got his paw on to keep that game at two one at the time. Um, He's not playing poorly. Um, I can't tell you for sure what happened on that goal, um, but it's been three goals in a row that have looked a little suspect. So maybe just a little tune-up for Lloris, get the confidence back, and be become the, the World Cup uh, goalie that he is, um, is all he needs. But that's the only person I would say had a smidge of a problem in that match. Yeah, I, I, that, that, that's fair. And, and it's tough to pick him, but... But yeah, a smidge of a problem, and it was a problem that we we saw. He, he didn't have that great of a match, the per, the prior match. Right. So it's kind of that continuation. But he pulled it together after that. So, uh, Mike, I mean, do I do I have to give one? Because I'm not really <laughs> sure to, to give it to. Uh, honestly, I have no clue. I, I think everyone played so amazing. Maybe Vincent Corey gave up the ball quite a quite a few times in midfield, but he was getting pressed by three players. Like, what do you expect? You know. So maybe Ben Tancor, sure. I'll give it to Rodrigo. Uh, All right. Well, I'm not giving it to anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody played yeah. and should have the least valuable player Monica put on their performance because every single performance was magnificent. Um, so I'm flat out refusing to give anybody that. That's fair. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Uh, I mean, uh, Emerson Royal, I thought he played well. I mean, he did come off for Doherty, but I think that was more just fresh legs. I don't think that was because he was performing well. Speaking of Anthony, before you keep going on, did anybody see that last uh, the last save that Doherty Doherty deflected the ball right the last minute there to save the the match? Mm -hmm. And he had some incredible reaction. He was just like to himself. He was just like, yes, damn it. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like he was pumped about it. Like Doherty's silently been – pretty steady now i don't think he's got the skills to be our everyday right wing back um we hope we would hope maybe he won't be but for him to step in and play the way he's done with a lot of bad criticism of himself for the last year to, to keep his head down and keep trucking i got i have to give a shout out to doherty he's getting a lot of flack and i don't like it he, mm. he's improving he really he, he really is like conte seems to be a coach that can improve the type of player that he is and maybe maybe there's a limit to how much he can improve but but i think we've we've seen a bit a little bit better out of doherty since, since he's been working with conte for a period of time um the one thing like we, we mentioned earlier that i i kind of want to jump on here um 
it was awesome to see Conte uh, celebrate on that on, on that third goal. And he, he goes running and jumps into Ryan Mason's arm. <laughs> and it's great to have Ryan Mason on that sideline. I'm glad he's not our regular coach, but I'm glad that there's still a place for him in the team. And I, I'm glad that we're still Tottenham Hotspur and we, we, we do uh, like honor our own and, and, and keep our, our own, whether it's in roles in the system like Ledley. Dawson, Dawson, yeah, like that. We do bring these guys back, and and Mason must have something tactical to offer for him to be be working with this coaching staff. So, but it was nice to to see Conte celebrating with, I guess, kind of one of our own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm going to throw something a little controversial out here because um, you see what Conte's emotions are when we win. And you look at some of the moves he made during the transfer window. And I have a feeling that we got rid of some malcontents, some people who were in the squad that weren't healthy for the squad. And I've had personal experience of that as a coach. You get one, one player who comes in, they can mess the whole team up. And I just have a feeling that some of those players that went that we were surprised at Maybe they were the ones causing the uproar in the, in the dressing room. Now we got rid of them. Everybody's going to play better together. And you're going to see the result in players like Doherty. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. We never know when these kind of things happen. But nonetheless, uh, I think Conte's got the right attitude and he's getting the right attitude out of the players that we've got now. And that's exactly what he should be doing. Yeah, I agree completely, yeah. It feels a lot like the... When Pochettino kind of got rid of that, the Kabul cabal uh, with Kabul and, and uh, Arabayor and a couple of those players that were kind of like, um, I think, bringing the dressing room in a different direction that he wanted it to be. So I think he does feel the same way, you know, and I think um, it, it's really beautiful to see Conte really embrace Mason like that. I, I thought I almost was a little cynical. I thought it was like more of like a Mourinho getting Ledley King to be a part of his coaching staff, kind of like that move so they just kind of like warm themselves more to the fans but I think Conte really does love Mason I think he talked about in an interview talked about how he's every game that Mason like Mason's had a part in a lot of his um in a lot of his you know career um and so I thought that was I thought that was pretty awesome uh, to see that yeah no yeah. definitely well he's been there under three managers already hasn't he yeah yes. he has and um yeah. You know, that's, I think that's, uh, that says lots. If you can work with different people who've got different ideas and support them, then that shows that he's got his heart in the right place, and I think he does at what heart lane. Yeah. And maybe he'll be good enough to manage us again one day. You know, maybe he'll learn a lot from, from, those, from those managers. Um, and then going back to City, I think they're so stupid, honestly. I've never seen a team so dumb to not try to go for Harry Kane. The, the argument they made to not sign him was his injury history but like Grealish is not even on your bench because he is injured as well so it's like what are you talking about I they're so stupid yeah I don't think we will ever know the true story yeah I really don't I don't think we'll ever know what City offered if they offered anything Mm -hmm. if we responded if we didn't respond Mm -hmm. if Harry had an opinion if he didn't have an opinion are just things that despite the fact that the press in England seem to be all over everything they're never going to get to the bottom of that and um, it's I'm glad we still got him. I really think it's important that we did. Did he almost go to City? I don't think we'll ever know. Yeah. I no, totally agree. Definitely. 
But um, but I think this is a good place to wrap up the half. Uh, so um, in the second half, we are going to preview three matches, and we are going to record not on Monday next week, but Tuesday next week uh, because we do have an FA Cup match on Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to be back here in person at the Atlantic recording next Tuesday. Um, in the second half, we will preview uh, Burnley, Leeds, and Middlesbrough. First, let's go to John's Lone Player Update. Well, good evening, and it's uh, John's Lone Lineup uh, for February of 2022. And, oh boy, what a difference it is from last month when we only had a handful of players out on loan. But with the transfer window closing and players moving into different clubs, we're going to be talking about players on loan who are playing in the best leagues in the world to some who are playing in leagues that I bet you've never heard of. So... um, I think the, the, the one that gets the star and the start for this week is Saar, who was on loan uh, at Mets. We signed him last year. He was going to stay one more season at Mets. He was uh, part of the African Cup of, Cup of Nations finalist and winner. He actually played 25 minutes in the final. So what a fantastic achievement for the young guy there playing out in Africa and winning that before he even comes to us. So a good time for him. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers is having an absolute blast playing in Celtic. He's doing very, very well. He's got getting grave reviews. The bad news is that Celtic do have an option to buy him for £12 million at the end of the season, and I cannot believe they're not going to take them up on that option because he's going to be a bargain at that price. Um, Troy Parrott, we've talked about a lot. He's with MK Dons. He's in the team all the time. Um, he's got four goals and five assists since he started the season, which if you're looking at a forward who we're looking to develop and score goals, I don't think is that great. Um, he hasn't scored in the last six or seven games. He is getting time, and I hear he's doing well, but he's not doing what a striker's supposed to do, and that is score some goals. On the other side, Keon Entete who is now with Cheltenham. He was with Northampton, who were in League 2 for a while. He's now moved up to League 1 with Cheltenham. He is absolutely taking the, st- uh, the team by, on st- by storm. He scored his first goal for them in a 5-5 game against Wickham over this last weekend. But prior to that, he'd had three assists in the last three games. So he's really doing well, and I think that that, that move is working well for him, and I'm looking forward to him coming to Spurs when he gets a chance. Um, Alfie Whiteman, we discussed the last time we talked about him, he had come back from loan from Sweden um, and was with the Spurs squad. Well, he's been sent back out to Dega 4 and he's going to start their season in April in, uh, in the Alvenskan, which is the Premier League in Sweden. Uh, Jack Clark is out on loan. Evidently, he was offered a number of options to go on loan earlier, but had turned them down. But he did go on uh, transfer deadline day to Sunderland on loan. He got his first start on the 8th of February. And he's done it. He's played a couple of times. The interesting thing is he plays for about 70 minutes and then he gets subbed by our old friend Jermaine Defoe. So we got an old Spurs player and a new Spurs player playing together there. Um, he's, uh, he's done really well, um, but has not scored yet. But he's only been up there for three games. Uh, Niall John went to Charlton where he's playing under Johnny Jackson who you may remember played for Spurs way back when he got his first substitute appearance um, 
but he has not uh, had much playing time since then. So he's yet to come on the field and do anything. So it's kind of be interesting to watch what he's up to from here on out. Um, so then we go to what happened in the transfer window. And Dombele, he went to Lyon. Well, he's supposed to be the greatest thing since Jesus Christ arrived at Lyon, playing absolutely fantastically. Um, presumably that's because he's doing what he wants to do rather than what he's told to do. But uh, in any event, they're saying he's a fantastic addition to their side. Same thing with Lacelso, he's gone to Villarreal, best outfield player they've got, doing a wonderful job. I just, uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, he's obviously got the talent, but he didn't really show it for us. And then Gil, um, he's gone to Valencia, and once again, he's getting rave reviews. He's playing all the games. He played in two legs of the Copa del Rey against Cadiz, and they won, uh, and they won that uh, against, uh, also against Athletic Club, so they've done well. And lastly, we're moving to someone who's playing in a league you've, I bet you've never heard of, which is the Ishmian League in England, which is the eighth division. That's Kasper Kunlawaks, or something like that, who is playing for Potter's Bar. Now, I did check on them, and they have a squad of 12, including our goalkeeper. So he's been on the bench for them, presumably if they lose, uh, if they lose the keeper, he's coming in. He's still training at Tottenham, but he's going to be, uh, he's actually going to be at the games for Potters Bar. So that's where we are this month. I think it's going to be very exciting to see how these loans work out in the future. Who comes back, who doesn't. But, uh, but that's it for February 2022, and I'm John with your loans. Well, thanks as always, John. And I... Uh I'm kind of interested, like, I think uh, when we talk about the the Indombele and the, the Celso loan, it's more about if they're performing well, it means that we're going to get the, the, the sell-on that, that, that we want. Like, they, we'll get some return value for, for those players. So I want them to do well, for sure, wherever they play. And Yeah, I agree with you. And, and if you look at Gill, I think that's the the one that's the most puzzling. We got him because he was an absolute sensation. We played him a few times, he did okay. He's gone back out on loan in a, in a great division for a great team and he's a sensation again. So he is young and uh, hopefully he'll be a sensation when he comes back to us. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of confused about why we were sending him to another league um, to play like it, maybe it's just to make him happy at this point and he might not fit into the Conte system or at least where we have a lot of other guys that can play in that uh, at his position in that system but well he's we going to have a lot of competition when he comes back but if he's got he's got the kind of talent that he's showing right now then he's the kind of player that we want in the team yeah and he's young so uh, we, we certainly could see some value in him there was rumors he was unhappy in uh, the yeah well he league. did have the best hair at Tottenham so we've, we've <laughs> got to get another player for that award but uh, the most we'll uh, Beatle lookalike uh, oh yeah yeah uh, I love that long competition hair he would have that nailed well we're talking loans and John great job I'm, I'm wondering now so just to just to touch on the loans and, and touch on the selling um, I've, I've always had a problem with some of the moves that Spurs have made and or not made for that matter um, when Stevie B had his phenomenal game against Leicester, he was already in the news. Are we going to sell him to Ajax? Is, is, are they going to pay the price we want? Is it possible? And then suddenly he has this miraculous two goals in three minutes, and it's 
it's the greatest thing that it's ever had in Tottenham, you know, for the last 10 minutes. And uh, suddenly he's unsellable. Well, I feel like that, that hurt Hill in general. He wasn't going to see playing time from Conte, but now Stevie B, who we're not going to move on. I don't know if we were or were not anyway, but it felt like we were going to. Um, and now he can't because he's done such a w- great job at Leicester. So suddenly can't sell him. Now Hill's got to go to a league. I don't know if we were ready for him to, to go somewhere. Now he's just going back to Spain where he already he already showed he had class. That's why we purchased him. Um, and he's going to do a nice job there. I, I just wonder if, um, if selling Stevie B for a profit was the right thing to do at the time. Now, I like Stevie B. I think he's a nice player. I don't think he's going to be anything better than Son. Definitely not Kane or what looks to be, hopefully, um, Decky. Um, or Mora, for that matter. But uh, the, the point is is that we could have sold Delhi years ago for a good amount of money. We didn't do that. We could have sold a couple other guys off at a certain time. It just seems like we're, all, we're kind of we're racing ourselves. Levy's always trying to make that great move, but then when it's time to sell somebody, he just doesn't seem to pull the trigger on it. And I'm wondering, are, you, are, are we seriously not going to sell Stevie B at the time because he had two goals? I mean, please tell me that wasn't the case. Um, but that being said, the, the, Hill, the Hill move is really hard on me. I, I would have loved to have seen him go down to the championship. I think I talked about this last time. Go to the championship and really get beat up a little bit. Just see what English soccer is about. Go play at Stoke in the rain. Go go, go do something that's going to, hey, if you want to be a Tottenham Hotspur for the next five or six years, show me you can play a tough match at a, at a not a fun ground to play at in the middle of winter. Well, I think you're absolutely right about the South American players um, who can be fantastic, but again, you put them in a howling gale at Turf Moor in Burnley when it's pissing with rain and um, they've got to show a different kind of uh, attitude. And right. it's hard for, I'm sure it'd be hard, it was always hard when I was playing, if you were playing in the rain, let alone, uh, you know, players with that kind of skill. Right, so, but he's sitting down in sunny Spain right now, and he's, he's, yeah, he's getting better, he's a young kid, he's getting better, and I hope to God he comes back and plays well for us, but it's just, I don't, I'm not sure what he's learning from there, besides just getting minutes. I felt this, I felt, I felt the same way for a while, um, you know, why not give him to a Premier League team, who's going to give him game time, but... I think I've kind of seen the lights, especially seeing how well he's performing in Valencia. I think I've kind of seen the light that it's it's actually more important that the game time is more important. You know, I think the game time um, is important for playing at a top club. You know, he's not playing at a team where they're defending for 80, 90 minutes. He's playing on a team where they have possession. He's playing on a team where he gets the ball more than more than once a game, more than twice a game bunch of times a game where he can make mistakes and still get another chance to make up for that mistake and he's such a positive person such a positive attitude i think this is the best place for him you'd realize if you think about it in the champions league who is the the uh premier league team struggling it's the la liga teams we're struggling against uh teams like sevilla and teams like Villarreal, who beat man united last year and atletico madrid and and Barcelona, Real Madrid. So there's teams on La Liga that are their their level of standard is quite high, you know. And so he's playing on Valencia, who are a Champions League aspiring team. They are a top four aspiring team, and he's getting playing minutes. That's what the most important thing is for him. Um, and then regards to your Stephen Bergman comment, I agree that we don't sell players when we need to. I definitely agree with that. But I also don't believe in our ability to replace players. You know, I feel like if we were to sell Stephen Bergvine who's still young, still very young, he could still make it to the very top, who we're replacing him with? You know, we're going to replace him with a player that could be worse, you know, a player that's not going to provide the same thing 
and Steven Bergwijn. He's Bergwijn took almost a year and a half to adjust to Premier League football. What if we take another player? Are we gonna wait another year and a half for that player to adjust? Look, we got lucky with Kulisevsky. We got lucky with Bentancur, but not every player is gonna be able to adjust to Premier League football. Um, and you've seen these like Jaden Sancho um, from boot the, from from Dortmund plays the Champions League all the time. Went to Man United and he's having so much trouble adjusting to the Premier League, despite being English, despite being on the Manchester City uh, youth squad, going to Dortmund, performing the way he did, and then going to um, to United for 80 million, 70 million, and um, is struggling so much. So I think I just one of those things where I feel like, yes, we could sell a player, but we're not replacing that player. You know, a lot of people said sell Harry Kane for 150 million. I don't trust. I don't trust Spurs with 150 million. I just don't trust us. Oh, we like, wouldn't. Yeah, like we, you say, we sold Bale and we right. replaced him with you know we got Erickson and right, we got right. a, we got some Lamella, one of my favorites. But like, yeah, yeah I mean, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. you're right. I mean, selling Stevie B at the time, but that was a conscious decision they made mm-hmm. to keep Stevie B mm-hmm. and put Hill on loan. Now that's a, I'm sure that's a Conte request. Yes, I agree. And and anything to make him happy, honestly, because he's the one that's gonna be the most important thing you know yeah I, I agree with most of you what you say Mike but I'm gonna take issue with the fact that you said we got lucky with the two guys from Juventus mm-hmm. um, they ca- the Italian league is much stronger than those other leagues for positions that they play in and uh, I'm not surprised that they have fitted in as well as they have because they're being asked to play a similar game to what they were playing before I think what happens is we bring a guy in like Gill and we don't play him where he naturally has played all his life and therefore he struggles a bit um, and that and that's difficult this this whole thing is a conundrum how we put it together the players we keep the players we don't keep um, you know we got rid of Delhi and if he doesn't play much at Everton he was a free that would be a free transfer mm-hmm. so well and I think what some of what we're running into is the players that we're bringing in we're, we've been bringing them in for multiple different coaches like mm-hmm. we, we were bringing people in for uh, Pochettino then we were bringing people in for Mourinho and now, then we were bringing people in for Nuno and now we're bringing people in for Conte and not ev- all of those players are going to fit what what the current coach was asking them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of these becomes players become sur- surplus to requirement, not because they're not good players, but because they just don't fit with what we're trying to do. Yes, yes. And, and I think, uh, I think Stevie B probably uh, after he showed that he can score a couple of goals that way and the way he played in that, that lesser match showed that, yeah, he can be that guy for, uh, for, for Spurs uh, uh, under this Conte system. Um, where uh, maybe Brian Hill needs a little bit more time or he doesn't quite fit or he's surplus to a requirement or he's overlapping with Sun or other people too much. But regardless, I I hate to do this because this was a great conversation, but we have to move this conversation along and preview three matches today. So let's let's do this and um, let's start with this Burnley uh, match. This this comes up this Wednesday. Uh, It's 1.30 here in Chicago. Uh, this match uh, in Burnley. This is the uh, the replay from the when they, we were snowed out because they couldn't keep their pitch well cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're currently in 19th place in the league. That's 17 points, two wins, 11 draws, and nine losses. Uh, they did uh, uh, beat Brighton uh, uh, away this weekend, three um, nil. They um, their top goal scorer right now is Cornet with six. Uh, top playmaker is. 
Ashley Westwood with three, and Dwight McNeil is their top-rated player. Uh, last five times we faced them, that we haven't lost, um, and we only drew once back in March uh, March seventh, twenty twenty, and that was a one-one draw. Uh, but other than that, we beat them in the last uh, uh, other four times that we faced them. And, uh, so we've been handling it pretty well. But this is tor- turf more, which can be a, a bit tough on opposing teams. How well, that's we exactly what I was going to say. This could be a banana skin because the weather in North England has been horrendous over the last few days. And if it continues to be bad, there's going to be a howling gale. It's likely to be pissing with rain. And they're playing at 7.30 at night when it's dark and uh, the pitch is going to be wet and slippery. And that has everything of that is in favour of Burnley. Having said that, I think we've got the class to beat them. But I don't think it's going to be a big score because the conditions can can be horrendous there and the wind can just blow right down the stadium so you're either playing with the wind or against it and if it's 20 miles an hour, that is a very, very difficult thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, and they... uh, So they... Look, looking at the results, they drew with Man United, they drew at Watford, and they drew with Arsenal. So they know how to play against teams that um, are more on the front foot, you know. And so I think we're gonna have struggles there as well. And them beating Brighton three nil is is is, uh, is scary for us because I know they're coming in with a lot of confidence. So um, despite that, it's only their second win of the year, which is honestly insane to me to think about this many Premier League games. But they have eleven draws, so. Um, I'm hoping we can find a way to get the winner and hold on to the lead. Um, and that's yeah, the key they're also us. playing for their premiership life, too. I was just going to say and that. The, that teams that are in that, mm-hmm. that got their backs to the wall like that, are yeah. very difficult to play. Yeah. They signed a player, uh, Wout Weghorst, Weghorst um, from, um, from Germany, and he's a really tall, strong, uh, strong striker. A lot like Lorente was for us, um, but he scored goals for them the last three games, and um, I don't trust I don't trust our center backs to be able to um, stop them from getting a header. So we're going to have to score two to win this game, I think, for sure. Yeah, it, well, and it, they don't score a lot right now, but mm-hmm. still, it, um, this is ho- home and they're backs to the wall. They're trying to – they're fighting for their Premier League life and the conditions are going to be bad. So that's – and we're coming off of this this high from beating City – but we got to go away again and, and do it in kind of a tougher climate. So th- that, that's what we're kind of up against it. Well, I mean, t- to your point and to John's point, this is going to be a, probably a pretty wet game in a completely different match than you see City. City is a very methodical team. Mm-hmm. Burnley is going to be a physical team. It's going to be a completely t- different experience we're going to have at Burnley um, not too you know, three days after our last win, our last match. Uh, it's going to be a – it's going to be a ball buster. I think we're going to have to be ready to, to, to fight uh, physically and to, uh, and to put our good step forward to make this a win on the road. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Well, I think uh, since we got three to, to preview, let's go to predictions here, and let's start with John first this time. Well, I think we're going to sneak it out 2-1. I think it's going to be difficult, um, but I think Kane is going to stay on uh, online again, and uh, I'm looking for Kane and Son to get a couple, and that we will we'll dig it out two to one. Uh, I hope so, uh, Mike. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. I think it'll be two one as well. I think it'll be Romero and Kulusevski. Wow, uh, I would I would love to see that. I love that. Yeah. Um, 
I really enjoy this this pairing of Dyer and Romero. I I I think their confidence is going to be strong. I think they're going to be really good together. I'm I'm going to say we do not concede and we win the match 2-0. Kane's going to get one. He's just in great form. He's just going to be in the right place at the right time. And who gets the next one? I'll I'll say Lucas Moore off the bench comes on and scores a goal. Nice. Yeah. Love that. I like that. Um. I do think, also think it's going to be a 2-1 victory. Um, it's, every part of me is screaming, this is draw, draw, draw. But I, I just feel it in my bones that after that City victory, that this could, this could be Conte pulling us through this tough period and getting a handle on this team and maybe like a, a shitty weather match against... Uh, Burnley is the the way to show that we we are tougher than we used to be, and it's going to be two one victory. I'm going to give a a goal to Kane, and I think uh, like uh, Sun doesn't square this one away uh, to, yeah. to, to Kulo, <laughs> and he and he gets his goal here. Um, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe uh, uh, Kulu uh, squares it to him, uh, or Decky, I should say. I got to get used to saying Decky. Um, but let's uh, let's go to the next match. Um, uh, so this weekend, uh, this is really early here in Chicago. So definitely, if you're in town, we the pub will be open um, at the Atlantic. So definitely come out. It, the, the early mornings we don't get as uh, big of a crowd, but it, it's a passionate crowd. So it's definitely worth worth waking up early and, and stumbling to the bar and taking a nap later in the day to make up for your lost sleep. Um, but currently, uh, so we're taking on Leeds United away um, th- this Saturday, February 26th, 6.30 here in Chicago. They are 15th place in the league with 23 points, 5 wins, 8 draws, and 11 losses. Um, they did uh, lose 4-2 to, to Man U this, uh, this past weekend at home. They do take on Liverpool away on Wednesday, so they also have a midweek match that they have to contend with, and it's a big cl- uh, club, uh, so... Um, not not the shitty conditions that we're facing at Burnley, but um, but but certainly uh, a much better team than them. Um, uh, they take Leicester on away after this match the following Saturday. Uh, top goal scorer right now is Rafina. You know he's uh, he's uh, they're one of their top playmakers, and he's also their top rated player. So he's probably the biggest threat right now. Bamford, I think, may be coming back from his injury. Um, and we've been alternating between wins and losses the last uh, five, uh, five times we faced them, but the the last three are really the only ones that matter. So we beat them in November twenty twenty one, most recently two one, and um, if we go back to May, we lost to them three one. Um, how are you guys feeling on this Leeds match? Well. I think it's going to be completely different from the Burnley game. The Burnley are struggling. Leeds are going to be struggling. And they have not done well in the last month or so. And they're starting to slip down the table. But I don't see that changing next Saturday. Um, you know, conditions should be better. Uh, Leeds are always tough at home. I mean, they've been a good team for many, many years. But uh, I, I think this is going to be... a. a I hate to say easier, but I think this is going to be a better game for us, and that we uh, and that we're going to come out uh, winners with a bit uh, with a bit more of uh, well. I think we're going to score three. So, 
Well, and, and certainly like, there are a team that comes after you, which I think favors our style of play a little bit better than Burnley. Um, Mike? Yeah, I, I think we can I think we can win this game for sure. And I do think we'll score three as well. Um, Leeds might score two, though, so because I think Rafinha is so good. Um, and I think um, the, the fact that he scored nine goals is just shocking to me, I think. He's a, te- he's a player that's way – he might be too good for their team, honestly. Um, and I'm hoping they don't get relegated, so hopefully they can turn around. But um, they're, they're kind of struggling right now. Hopefully we can take advantage of that and, and get the win. But you never know nowadays. Well, they're not a team that's going sit, to sit back and defend yeah. against Tottenham Hotspur, yeah. which is, is good for us because a team that's going to play ball with us, I think uh, it does favor us. Uh, I, I think you're right. Anthony, I think that's that's the difference between the Burnley game and the Leeds game. Leeds, Leeds are not going to sit back. They're gonna they they've always are a front footed team. They don't they don't like to to sit back and wait on you to, to attack. They like to especially at home. They like to 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 forward the pressure forward. Um, Rafinha is a fantastic player. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a goal here. Um, he, I think, I think we're gonna win this match. I'm. I am a little more personally. I know it's crazy. I, I'm a little more nervous about this one than I actually am Burnley. Um, not that I'm saying Burnley is um, Burnley at 19th. I'm not trying to put any heat on them. Um, I, I just think that Leeds at home is always a tough match, and they just have such a great backing. Their fans are fantastic, um, and that one really scares me. So I do. Th- we'll talk about predictions, but I, I'm worried about this result personally. Okay. Uh, well. Before we go to predictions, I want uh, we have one kind of a question from Shubes. Like he asks uh, John if he has any stories uh, from Elland Road. Um, no, I've never been to Elland Road. I've got to confess, but I do remember playing Leeds when um, they were at White Hart Lane when they beat us two one with a free kick from yeah. God. <laughs> and I'm having trouble coming up with a name, but they played for Leeds and then he came to play with us and he scored in the League Cup final. So, um, But anyway, yeah, Leeds back in the day were very difficult. They would kick the hell out of you. Referees would allow it to happen, which fortunately doesn't occur anymore. But um, but yeah, no, I'd, sadly I've never been to Ellen Road. I would have loved to have done that, but uh, I haven't. And by the way, Shubes, nice to hear from you. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks, as always, for the question, Shubes. We definitely appreciate you following us so closely. Um, let's go to predictions, and uh, we'll start with John again for predictions. Okay, I think it's going to be 3-1. I do think that uh, they've got the ability with Ross and you to score a goal. Um, but I, I, I think Kane and Son are going to be on a run, and I'm going to give two Kane, one Son. I like mm-hmm. it. I like it. Mike? Yeah, uh, I agree with I agree with that prediction. I think uh, Kane will definitely be on the score sheet. Um, I think Son will be too. So the last goal, I'll give it to um, Ben Tancor. I like it. Yeah, well, I yeah, his first goal for us. That yeah. would be good. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say we're gonna win this match, but I think it's gonna be done very late. Um, I think it's gonna be one-one through most of the match, and we end up getting a 75 82 minute um two one goal from harry kane that's gonna that's gonna press us forward and help us fight for that fourth place spot yeah and troops i i bet you'll be yelling out at me that it was jonathan woodgate 
but uh, <laughs> no, you just brain's working a bit slowly today. <laughs> I like it. Um, I think this is going to be a high scoring. I, I'm gonna, I could see a repeat like Manchester United, who aren't playing particularly well, got 4-2 against them. And I could see this being another one like where they, they just have that knack to be able to score a couple off of us. But I think we're much more capable in a, a, an open play system of scoring against them. So I'm going to say 4-2 again. Uh, so I think we get uh, a goal from Kane, a goal from Sun, uh, a goal from Decky, and a goal from uh, a defender. I'm going to say Dyer this time. Nice, nice. Uh, um, so four, four goals, four different players. Um, an exciting match, and, and we feel good about waking up that morning early here and coming to the pub at 6 in the morning. Uh, but we got one last match to preview. So as I said, we are not going to record next Monday. So our next episode you will find probably uh, Wednesday morning instead of Tuesday morning when you uh, uh, search your feed. Um, and that's because we play a Tuesday match um, here in the FA Cup. Yeah, so this is our FA Cup uh, match against Middlesbrough. Um, they're currently sitting in seventh seventh place in the championship with 49 points at 17 wins seven draws 10 losses um they their most recent match was a loss to bristol they beat derby drew qpr drew man city but won on pens and then lost to blackburn so um and obviously that win on pens is what um made them advance in in the this cup uh to face us um I think probably the, the the players that we have to watch out for the most is a guy named Matt Crooks is the top goal scorer at eight, and then Isaiah Jones uh, has ten ass, or I'm sorry eight assists, so um, so he seems to be a good pretty good playmaker, um, and probably our past performances we haven't had any recent recent competitions against them, so we don't really have to look at that. Um, but how are you guys feeling, FA Cup? Um, do, do we set up well to advance past Middlesbrough, John? Yeah, well, we're going to win the cup. I'm quite convinced. It's the uh, it's really the only competition that Conte's got left that we have realistic chance of winning. Um, Middlesbrough is not going to stand in our way. Um, I I truly believe we're going to get to Wembley. I really think we're going to win the cup, and I think we're going to handily defeat Middlesbrough even away. They're going to be difficult. They're championship tied. They're physical. Um, we're going to have to put up with that. But I think we've got the talent to beat them. And uh, it may go to extra time. But in any event, we, we're going to take them. No, no problem at all. Yeah. And I, and I feel good about it. We seem to struggle sometimes in cups. Um, and Conte isn't really a cup coach. But... But I think this one, uh, we're set up pretty well to advance. It might be the next round that gets us uh, in, in this competition, if any. Uh, Mike, how do you feel? Yeah, I appreciate that kind of positivity. That's definitely, hopefully, that's something we can do. I think he will go all out. I agree with you on that. I think he'll start a really strong lineup. And um, I think we will win. I think we'll win 2-0. Two, two I think Middlesbrough will put up a good fight. and um, But we'll, we'll get there with our quality, I think the most important part. Sai? Yeah, I'm, I hope you're right, John. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think if we have a good shot. I, I really think if we get through these next couple matches healthy, 
Conte is going to play a very strong lineup to get through the FA Cup. I think he wants to win this cup. Um, I don't think that Middlesbrough is going to be a problem, personally. I, I, they're a tough team, don't get me wrong, and they're actually in pretty damn good form in the championship. And they might fight to get back in the Premier League at some point, um, the, even this year. But uh, I just don't see them standing in their way, especially coming off a couple matches. And if we win these next couple matches uh, before we play them, we're going to be in such good form. I, I don't see them even standing a chance against uh, a really strong Tottenham lineup, personally. Yeah. Well, and it's going to be interesting to see how we line up in these three matches. Like we have three matches in in, in short. Uh, so we we talked. We were talking about bef- before we started recording that the Sessegnon had a really good match against uh, City. We'd even bring that up in the first half. Um, we we had we have Regulon who might be able to play some of the uh, matches, and we can do a good rotation on uh, on on that side of the wing back. Uh, um, combination so i i think that could benefit us as we look at these matches i definitely think you're going to see um a reglion session um you know game by game reglion has proven that conte loves him and he's our starting left wing back um not saying that session can can't take that position but they're gonna they're both gonna start at least one or two of these matches. they're gonna switch on and off i'm sure of that um we'll be interested to see who starts in the right wing back will it be just stay with Royal or will Doherty maybe see a start at uh, Burnley in a tougher match, a uh, more physical match um, to give Royal a little time off. It, that, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And yeah. Lucas might get a start in here. I mean, I, I think Decky's proved that he, he deserves to be a, a starter, but with this, this congestion, maybe this is a good opportunity for some rotation that Lucas gets his chance again. Yeah. I see Emerson more as a, I think, I think long-term, Emerson could be more of a center back. I think he could be more of that Ben Davies role. You know, Ben Davies switched from left back to playing that left center back position. I think Emerson could really well play that right center back position. I know he's going to have to grow into it and get the experience for it, but um, he's not. he doesn't really strike me as a attacking fullback. You know, he's doing what he, best, what he can possibly do, but he's so good defensively. I think he could definitely play that, um, that right center back position long term. Um, we we have rotation positions for almost every position. We have someone that we could rotate for, except for Kane, which is the only concern. You know, we need someone to be able to rotate for Kane. I think. Yeah. No. Definitely. Well, let's go to predictions, and this time we'll start with Sai. Oh, I, I think this is a a hand handed game. I think we're gonna win this match. Three nil. Uh, goals. Goals are going to come from Sun in this one. It's going to be uh, Sun's going to have two, and I think Harry Winks is going to get a flying goal out of nowhere. Hmm. Mike? Yeah. I think this actually might go to penalties, but I think we'll win on penalties. So um, we'll say 1-1 on penalties, and we'll say uh, Lucas has scored a goal. Okay, Lucas, that would yeah. be cool for him. My heart's not going to be able to take penalties, so we're not, definitely not going to penalties <laughs> just for my health. I think we're going to win 2-0. I think Kane's going to get a goal, and I think our offensive pressure will produce an own goal. I like that. Uh, again, yeah, own goal is like our what fourth-best scorer right now. Yeah, at this I point. So, uh, um, I I think that we're, we'll be able to handle this match, even with the other congestion. Um, but it might get a little hairy at times, um, so they will be able to score. But I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory, and I think uh, we get a goal from, 
from Decky, and I think we get a goal from Lucas in this one because he does tend to score more in cup competitions and international play than he does in the league. Anthony, you have a lot of goals come from Decky in the next couple matches. (laughs) I do, but uh, I have high hopes for him, and Tommy's not on today to, to, to... to hold that torch, so I'm going to hold it today. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up the podcast? Just uh, the week that was, uh, the the celebrations that we had here at the pub, uh, and every single one of us was at the pub uh, here on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I'll make I'll make a quick little final comment for myself. I I I, I uh, the city match was just that, that those three points were just so crucial, and I just think for the mentality of the club and for us going forward. We just needed those three points. I don't, can't believe we got them. Um, but the confidence is oozing. I think if we keep going, we're going to have a chance to get fourth. And even though Twitter would tell you otherwise, we've already bottled it and we're out of it. And you know, and the whole thing, the, whole, the social media has gone crazy. But I, I, I still feel very comfortable that we have a chance to get fourth. And I think these matches are going to be huge coming up right here. Yeah, it's a I big agree. schedule. Yeah. Mike? That was the most emotional football game I've seen in a long time, you know, it was so emotional. I mean, the Leicester game at the last, at the end was very, very emotional too, you know, but this was emotional from, from minute one on it. Honestly, it felt very like, you know, just the drama of the game was really intense. It was insane. And it was so awesome to come at the, come at the end of it, like with a win. It was just, it felt amazing. Honestly. Yeah. That was an amazing victory. John. It's a great week to be a Spurs supporter. We're going to move on from here and do wonderful things. Just stand by. Well, here, th- here. Well, thank you so much to John, Mike, and Cy for being on today. But that about wraps up the episode. So uh, thanks to Tommy for editing today. Uh, me for sound. Uh, Charlie for the music. Sam for social media. Kimberly for the logo. And as always, the Atlantic Barn Grill. It's great to be back here recording in person. And next week we will be recording too. We will still be doing some online. But... For, for the time being, it's great to be back here at the pub. Uh, find our, our merchandise at Big Head Media. Find us now on both Spotify and Stitcher. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on both Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs>